Are you ready? <laughs> you ready to make the devil nervous? Okay, get your Bible. I don't care if it's paperback, on your phone app, on your iPad. Let's get it in the air. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can do. Says I can do. And I can be. And I can what be. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can says be. Says I can be. Excited about that this morning. I'm telling you, the Word of God is becoming so much more important to me than ever before. Love God's Word. I've got to, I don't know, just feel like just uh, the necessity of His Word has got to be paramount in my life in the days we live. So I uh, hope you feel the same way. Lord, we just come before you humbly and thankfully for the Word of God. Lord, as we have gone through the history, through the ages, people have and nations have tried to destroy and eradicate your word. Uh, even places amongst our society, people don't want your word. But Father, right here, we love your word. We want your word. We value your word. We will protect your word. We will guard your word. We will hide your word in our hearts that we may not sin against you. So Father, we just thank you for the gift of the teacher, the Holy Spirit, who leads us into truth, guides us, shows us, corrects us, blesses us as we honor your word today. In Jesus' name. Someone said amen. 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 I just got, we just got to do something, you know. We just got to, you know, we, li we like to make the devil uh, take more Excedrin. Uh, just, you know, how many just want to give him a migraine? He just, yeah, because you drive him nuts. So uh, you need to confess some things. And you need to do this more often in the days we live. So you need to say, God is good and his mercies endure forever. So you need, you need to say it like you mean it. So God is good. God is good. And his mercies endure forever. And his mercies endure forever. God is is good. God is good. And his mercies endure forever. And his mercies endure forever. God really is good. God really is good. And his mercies endure forever. And his mercies endure forever. Woo! I can just see the devil like, oh man. <laughs> I'm out of here. He knows it's true, but oh, we got to know it's stuff. true. We got to know it's true. All right, we're going to continue on a message we started last week. Uh, character of the believer. Characteristics of the believer for the end times. I really believe uh, we're two. in the end times. Uh, oh, man, there's just crazy stuff happening all over the place. And governments and nations, uh, earth is doing crazy stuff and you know it's not that these things haven't happened in the past but it's just like they're all happening all at the same time so uh, it's it's an indicator that uh, something big is about to happen so last week we went through started going through the characteristics we got through four we're going to get through three more today uh, we were in first Thessalonians a lot and we talked about how chapter four was about the rapture of the church. And some scriptures are referring to the rapture. Some scriptures are referring to the second coming. The second coming is after the tribulation. The rapture is for us believers who are faithful to God and uh, before, before the tribulation period. 
So we talked about how chapter 4 was specifically about the rapture. But what's intriguing is that it goes from chapter 4 into chapter 5 about the characteristics of a believer during the end times. And I believe this is things we really need to take heart to because this is how we're supposed to be living as a believer in these times. And so we want to just pick up in First Thessalonians 5, 6. Can we just do pick, that? Just before we do, let's give a little analogy. Sometimes okay. that helps. Uh, so many of you know our, our uh, daughter got married uh, in September, uh, beginning of September. But it really, the process of her getting married started long before the wedding. Actually, a year. Yes. Yes. And so a year before the wedding, uh, things started showing up at our house. Um, and Packages, boxes, and bows. Yes. And uh, just, you know, planning and, uh, hey, we need you to help fund this thing and that thing and, you know, and requests. And so things started happening for preparation. But the attitude of the bride, our daughter, was really excited. I mean, she was just excited. You know, stuff would show up, plans would start being made, and she just kept getting more and more excited as the months were progressing. Uh, she had a lot of difficult things to do. She had to finish college, a lot of stress, and a lot of uh, And a lot stuff of ups and downs on. with COVID. And yeah, you so can't crazy. have a wedding. Oh, you can't have a wedding. You can't have a wedding. You can have this many people at the wedding. You can only have this many. You, you get the picture. But she still had in her sight, despite all that, I'm getting married. And so I vividly uh, remember her looking at me when we were dealing with all the ups and downs of regulations. And she looked at me and she goes, One thing's for certain, even if it's just me and Gavin, we're getting married. <laughs> so she kept her joy level up in spite of all the things that were going on. And she definitely was challenged with different circumstances. But I say that to say that. Christ in the church, Christ is the groom who is looking for his wedding day, and it is coming, and it is coming soon, and the groom is excited, and the bride being the church, we have an event we are about to attend. It is the, the marriage supper of the lamb. It is when we go, we, and so though there's some ups and downs we are dealing with in our life. You need to keep your eye fixed on the event you're headed towards because things are, things are changing constantly, L looking what, what's new today, you know, <laughs> what did they do that is just stupid today? And uh, so you just, but keep your eye on the goal, on the prize. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said? One thing I do. I think y'all need to just say that. One, One thing, thing I, I do. do. Forget those things which are behind. Forget those things which are behind. And I press towards the goal. And press towards the goal. Woo! All right, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 6 says, So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. So this is talking to believers. We are to be clear-headed. We are to be not asleep. We are to be on guard. Because the day is approaching for some big events. Amen? Amen. So let's review some characteristics that we talked about last week. 
So, like you beautifully explained, the Apostle Paul uh, was just right near this church, said, hey, the rapture's coming, and this is what you, you need to keep in your attitude as that day approaches. So, we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, and he says, always be angry. <laughs> no, it says what? Joyful. Joyful. Say it again. Joyful. Joyful. So as we see that day approaching, he's really telling us, always be joyful. Now, does that mean that life's always going to be fun? It's not always going to be fun. But can you still be joyful when life isn't fun? Yes, you can. God wouldn't have said it if it wasn't possible. You know, uh, this week was an interesting week for myself. Um, Moving, um, you know, my father, and then this brother. I was this week. I was moving my handicapped brother, and then my dad decided to um, need to go to the hospital. It's, he took a turn, and so I'm, I'm literally moving a brother in and seeing my dad in a very not good state, and having to run to the hospital the next day, spend the day at the hospital. Do you know what? On my way to the hospital this sermon came to my mind. Am I going to still be joyful in the midst of this? And I had to stir myself up. Your pastors are not exempt from the Word of God. You're not, we're not exempt from what we teach. In fact, sometimes we, we have to exuberate it even more. And I had to stir myself up to say, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to be joyful because I got God. My dad's got God. I mean, you have, to, you, have to, you have to stir yourself up. Like, what can I be joyful about? Right? I had to rejoice. I, I had to turn on the praise music and worship God. It wasn't how, you know, life doesn't always give you the day that you planned. <laughs> wasn't on my agenda. But I want to tell you something very cool that my dad is home from the hospital. He is back to his baseline. He's back to where he was. And honestly, he might even be watching. Because the cool thing is where I moved him to, they wanted to know all about Inspiration Bible Church and how to get online and how to watch and how to have the family, the adult family home watch. So if you're watching, hi! Isn't that cool? Now that's something to rejoice about. They're like, we can all get in the living room. This is adult family hall. We can all get in the living room, and we can watch church together. Like, yes, you actually can. So, hi, Dad. Hi, Brother Steve. Love you, Dad. Uh, so, we can be a true witness. And, you know, so what you're talking about sometimes just isn't a natural phenomena that just possesses you, and you just take over. Uh, this is, we need God's help to be joyful. I mean, uh, we can go to God's throne of grace, and he gives help in time of need. And so uh, his super on your natural can lift your spirit from a difficult situation you find yourself in. And uh, thank God he's greater. And the greater one lives in? Yes, he does. 
Okay, the second thing we learned, so the first one was rejoice always. The second one was pray without ceasing. And if you just go to the next verse, we're, we're, we're following along in 1 Thessalonians 5. So now verse 17 tells us to never stop praying. And we talked about how throughout your day that you can be talking, having this continual conversation. Not that you don't have some concentrated time with God, but that you can carry him with you throughout your day and be talking to him. All right, how about verse 18? Verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, <laughs> except in the year 2021. <laughs> for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. No, it says, Be thankful in all circumstances. And sometimes we got to, this is part of the renewing of the mind, the Bible tells us that we need to do. In fact, uh, there's, we need to have a new default setting that we just go to thankfulness. Because sometimes our emotions are our default setting, and we go wherever our emotions lead us. So be thankful. And, and this, honestly, let's just be honest. Can, we be, can I be your friend, not your pastor? This is something we got to work on. Because it's not going to just be a natural thing. I'm just thankful all the time. No, you're not. But you can grow in that and develop it. What can you find to be thankful for? And the, I'm telling you, the more you stretch yourself in this area, the more beautiful you're going to smell. We went over that scripture last week that you actually have a fragrance when you walk into a room. Well, let's just talk about that. I had an experience, really weird experience. Uh, actually, uh, it'll be my four-year anniversary since four years ago. I uh, had a very severe accident, and I was in a trauma ward in Oregon, and uh, the nurses came in one time, and this one nurse just came in, and she goes, you have no idea what we talk about back there at the nurse station, but we love coming in your room. Why? And uh, she goes, there's a different fragrance in here. And you got to remember, they hadn't bathed me, they hadn't washed me. I still smelled like seawater and seaweed, and, and uh, they're like, so there's something other, somebody else is in the room besides Greg. Why? And, and I was, we were praising, we were thankful, we were rejoicing even in a difficult time in, in our life, and not that we're special, but God is special. Praise music going. I mean, you can do these things in a hospital. You can still put praise music on. You can still be thankful. Uh, you were, while you were in the hospital bed, almost every nurse, no wonder they, they, they loved to come in your room because thankfulness was exuberating out of my husband in the midst of an excruciating amount of pain. But what was coming out of him was thankfulness. Uh, when we finally got home and I had to be the number one caretaker, thankfulness was exuberating. You know, I don't want to go back to having to take care of my husband, but at the same time, at the same time, it was special. Well, I'm very special. Because <laughs> I went to the special classes. But you know why it was special? Because I'm special. You are really hard for me not to crack up, but I'm trying to be serious. Because thankfulness was just, I mean, as I'm bathing you, because you couldn't bathe yourself, 
which wasn't always bad. I can't get a serious moment out of this. I'm trying here. If I look this direction, I'm going to look this direction. As I'm bathing him, his eyes would well up with tears, and he'd be like, thank you. I can't say thank you enough. I can't say thank you enough for taking care of me. That's what was coming out of you. See, I could finally get it out of, out of me. I can't look at you sometimes. <sighs> you did it. Proud of you. So give thanks is what the Apostle Paul is saying. The attitude of a believer is to look like before the return of Christ. And then the next one is... The next verse. Next Go, verse. Next verse, verse, 19. verse 19. Tells us not to stifle the Holy Spirit. So the next thing we learned about a believer is do not quench the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? When you tell the Holy Spirit no, have you ever told the Holy Spirit no? Maybe he's wanting you to walk in forgiveness. Maybe he's wanting you to walk in love. And you don't feel like it. And you say no. And he goes, okay. All right, let's, uh, let's show it. Let's just show this thing. So, uh, Ryan, need your help. Worship, leading worship, beautiful job. Uh, Terry, doing communion. Come on up here. Come on up here. You guys are awesome. These are awesome men of God. I just stand right here on the, on the step. So, we're in the, no, you got to be on this side. Got to be on this side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'm going through life. I'm just me. So, we need to understand the spirit world is greater, is a, is a greater reality than the natural world. And we don't realize that because we live in the natural world with our senses, right? But the spirit realm is so real. Amen? So, these are angels. These are just awesome angels. And they're here to, to, to bring God's goodness. And, you know, we have ministering angels, don't pray to them, don't worship them, but we thank God for them, and if you need angelic help, you pray to God to send help. So you never pray to an angel, you never worship an angel, big no-no, but these guys are in the spirit realm, and they're just surrounding me as I'm joyful, as I'm giving thanks. So you guys just kind of, in a weird way, just kind of put your hands towards me, yeah. So these guys are just, woo, okay, okay. I'm, woo, okay, now I need some, some, some honorary bad dudes. Okay, Michael, you're honorary, okay. Okay, okay, I'm not so joyful now. Get, be, get behind me. <laughs> and then, uh, hey, yeah, just hang on, yeah, just hang on. Okay, so, Brent, can you come on up here? Okay, so, so we're talking about the spirit realm, right? So, it's good versus evil. So, not that these guys are evil or bad or anything like that. But just for the sake of illustrating, you guys are kind of that demonic thing, right? So, um, so both these guys want to be in my sphere of influence spiritually, right? And it's up to me what I welcome in to my presence as I go through every day of my life. So when I'm joyful and thankful, which spirit being is going to come near me? And which one's going to go away from me? Amen. Okay, so now 
I just want to go grumble, grumble, gripe, gripe, foul flip, ugh. And these guys are going to back away. And now look what I've welcomed into my presence. Because I'm voicing, I'm voicing disgust, disdain, I hate some things, hate people, frustrated, mad. And what will they bring? All kinds of nastiness. And they are gonna, they're going to put fuel on the fire. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, pray, be thankful, be joyful. And so I start, God, I just thank you. I worship you. I mean, great job. And guess what starts happening in my world? Okay, I know there's some bad things happening, but man, I just want to be thankful for God, thankful for my wife, thankful for my church. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. <laughs> We have the ability to welcome into our presence what we choose. And that's why God really comes down throughout the scriptures about grumbling and griping and complaining and, and walking really in the fruits of the flesh. And that's why we need to learn this Versus stuff. the fruit of the Spirit. So we don't want to quench the fruit of the Spirit. We don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit shows up big in our lives when you aren't quenching him, but you are cultivating and you are growing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Are you following? Let's go to verse 20. Here we go. Do not scoff at prophecies. Do not scoff at prophecies. Do not despise prophecies. Now, this goes right along with not quenching the Holy Spirit. Um, do you know that everyone can operate in the simple gift of prophecy? And I want you to, we're going to go away from Thessalonians for a bit. I'm going to cross-reference here in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. But one who prophesies, and here it tells us what prophecy is meant for. Strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. That is the main gift of prophecy. It should strengthen, it should encourage, it should comfort. So when it comes to prophetic things to come within the Bible, the Bible is where we are able to um, see if this prophecy lines up. That's always your first go-to for anything prophetic coming your way. Does it line up with the Word of God? But then there are times when prophetic things come our way that are not in the Bible, but then you got to go back to 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Is it strengthening? Is it encouraging? Is it comforting? Right. And it's such a powerful thing. And so we, uh, years ago, we had uh, somebody in our church, doesn't attend here, I mean, really when we got the church started, and every now and then on a Sunday, she'd have a word from God. And uh, so she would you know, say her thing, and, uh, and shame on me for allowing it to go on as long as I did, but she would go on and give this thing, and it was like 80% really good, and then there was a twist at the end where it got really dark and, and not good, and it was just like this downer word from God, 
And so I uh, just kind of let it go on for a while. And finally, we just had her come over to our house, and we just had a chat with her and uh, just wanted to lovingly just go, you know, um, appreciate the fact that you want to be used of God. However, there's some things. And so we went through the scripture, and uh, she exposed herself that she was enjoyed hearing voices. And, uh, and we said, well, some of the voices you're hearing don't line up with Scripture. And, uh, of course, that didn't go over big. And, uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, you know, she, she okay, let's, let's bring peace and love in this. We love you, hugged her, and then she'd whisper in the ear, I hate you you know, and stuff like that. So right away you understand you are not of the right spirit. And so the Bible says we got a testing. The other thing that she was frustrated with is that we kept going and referring back to Scripture. And she said, you people know too much Scripture. You people? What? So you got to test things. We just don't Which take is our next everything point. in. Don't swallow everything in. We have to test. And just because somebody declares themselves a prophet or prophetess doesn't mean that God's validated that. Let's go to verse 21, which, which reiterates what you're, what you're communicating. It says in verse 21, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Test all things. So here, um, I'm just going to, I'm going to be real. We're always real practical here. And I, I want to be real practical. We firmly believe in prophetic words here at Inspiration Bible Church. But we also have seen in 2020 and 2021 a lot of prophetic things that are going out like all over the world. And a lot of false prophetic words have gone out. And I've been disgusted in my spirit now, in the Bible days, we live under grace, which is a good thing. We are in the dispensation of grace. Because in the Old Testament, when somebody gave a word and it was false, they stoned them. Wouldn't it be fun to come to church? Okay, they gave a word last week, didn't happen. So before church, we're having a stoning party. <laughs> church attendance might go up. But, <laughs> but, but let's be real. I mean, we've all probably heard it. You pretty much can't be in a, a church in 2020 and 21 and not have experienced a gazillion prophetic words that are going on. And they all had dates attached to them. You know what I'm talking about. And those words did not come to pass. Here's my question to you. When they don't come to pass, why are you still following them? Hello? I'm not saying you stone them, but why are you still following them? That doesn't take a rocket scientist. My husband and I, as we were studying for this, we were, we were going over, I mean, we've been not only Christians for a few years, but we've been in ministry a few years, and we've seen a lot. <laughs> it's not just 2021 or 2020. We've seen a lot. I remember when Y2K was the thing, and there were so many dates, and you had to do this, and you had to do that, and... And we're just like, if you're old enough to know what Y2K is, uh, if you're not, just look it up. I'm sorry. I just gave away my age. 
<clears throat> but I mean, in the Christian realm, there was so many prophecies going out that the world was ending and on and on and on. And I'm sorry, but some of those, there were so many false prophetic words and nothing was lined up. You, that's not in the Word of God. Y2K was not in the Bible. And yet people were taking it hook, line, and sinker. Christians, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, storage units full of supplies for Y2K, on and on. And I've seen a lot of that happening in 2020 and 2021. And my mind is still like, well, people still haven't learned. They still have not learned. I want you to hear me clearly. God, if you are walking with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God has got your back. You do not need to live in fear. You do not need to go get some storage units. And God has got your back. He's going to take care of you. You don't have to get into fear because of some prophet said this. Are you following us? We were uh, the pastor we served at the time. He was brought some ones because I was kind of falling into this, like, oh man, we need to get a storage unit. And uh, so he was like, Greg, let's reel this thing back. He goes, some of these words people are given are, you know, a paragraph long. Thus saith the Lord, hear ye, hear ye. And uh, so, and they would give it, and, and uh, I was listening, and and he goes, okay, let's take what they said. Now, let's compare it to the thousands of words that God has spoken to you. Does it line up? Where is God in their word paralleling God's word? And God has spoken a whole lot more words over you than that word. Don't elevate that word above this word. And so it's like, okay. And I was able to back down, put my confidence back in God. God's got me through Y2K. And uh, so when Sydney went through uh, their New Year's, hey, they survived, you know. And so it was, it was, it was cool. Uh, but it, it's a, it was a learning experience that we got to put more confidence in God than a person who's declaring something and selling their information to make a profit. Maybe there's, we're, we belong to a prophetic organization, Pastor Sterling and I do. It's called Nonprofit <laughs> Organization, 501c3. Uh, but, but no, we, we do value the prophetic and the prophetic gift. I don't mean to make light of that in any way. But the Bible is saying this attitude needs to be in us as the day approaches that we're not just gullible. We're testing things. And so let's go to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. It says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. Everybody say many. many. Didn't even say a few, did it? There are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophetic acknowledges, or a prophet, acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. You know, um, I'm just going to say this. Uh, the I knew you were. The largest, well, you probably don't know this one. This is a new one. 
the Pope. Uh, a lot of people around the world believe he is a man of God. But when you listen to him and what he's trying to do and the agenda he's pushing, you will not find Jesus Christ in his rhetoric. Be warned. Just because it sounds spiritual and religious doesn't mean it is. And so he's talking about all these good things, but there's no Jesus in it. Be careful. I want to tell you a, a thing that happened to us. Uh, somebody went to a prophetic seminar a few years ago, and they came back all excited on Sunday morning. Oh, Pastor, I just wanted to share with you. Uh, they said this and this and this, and uh, it's going to all happen in 12 months. And I said, okay, hold it. Hold it right there. 12 months, Mount Rainier is going to blow up. Uh, California is going into the sea, and there was one other thing. I go, let's mark the day that was spoken, you and me. We're going to do a little test because the Bible says test it. So let's mark that day, and let's count out 12 months, and we're going to meet again a year from today, and we're going to see if what he said is real. Because if he said it, and he is a prophet of God, it will happen as he said. If he's not, he's a charlatan. He's a phony. 12 months came and went. Mount Rainier's still there. California's still floating along, and uh, whatever the other thing was. So, People are charismatic and fun and entertaining. And, and you, you forgot to say that professed prophet is not alive anymore either. Well, that's true. Mm. That's true. So Just saying. Be careful. Be careful. Uh, you know, and here's another thing. Uh, a lot of times people will say, well, God said, God told me. Uh, you've got to be so careful when people utter those words. There is no other higher authority than God Almighty. But when people say, God said, if God did not say, it's very dangerous because you are taking the Lord's name in vain. It's the third commandment of the Old Testament, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. And what do, you, what do I mean by that? If you say, God said, and he didn't say, what uh, we were taught by our spiritual mentor, Brother Hagen, he said, if you sense God saying, don't, don't try to validate you, try to unvalidate you, and just be human, just be you, and just go, you know, I sense, and I could miss it, that I'm feeling God might be leading me this way. I mean, humble yourself. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it, it works more better. That way you're not doing something crazy and putting it on God. You're just going, you know, I sense God might be saying this. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. I've been wrong a lot. Doesn't that just take the pressure off? Yeah. 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 You know, in that verse 21, it says to hold on to what is good. Some of your translations will say hold fast to what is good. You know, when it has been tested and when it has been proven and it lines up with the Word of God and it lines up with biblical things that are, then that is what you are to hold fast to. That is what you are to cling to. Um, you know, I want to review, we, we mentioned 1 Corinthians 14, 3, it said, but one who prophesies strengthens, encourages, and comforts. Now, I realize there are, throughout the Old Testament, there are some things that prophetically would come forth that weren't really strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. And even it happened to the Apostle Paul, yes, they told him that his 
things were not going to go well when he went to Rome. And that wasn't encouraging. So there are times when the Holy Spirit is trying to get a message to someone. But those are not the norm. And that's what I think, um, what, I, what I have seen creep in in 2020 and 2021 is the norm of prophetic words are all gloom and doom. And I'm not talking about that, that you know, the rapture's coming, because actually that's not gloom and doom. That's exciting. I'm talking gloom and doom. And then the other thing I have seen, I mean, and, and you've all seen it, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's been so many prophecies about pol politics. Well, this is going to happen on this date. And what I'm amazed is that people still follow them when that doesn't come to pass. And then they give another date. Well, you know, I sort of might have, you know, thus saith the Lord again, it's going to happen this date. Are you serious? And people are still, Christians are still following them? Come on, it is time for the church to wake up. Wake up. It is time to listen to the word of God that says, test these things. Test these things. Don't, don't be gullible and fall for them. Test these things. Oh, man. For, verse 22. we got to read verse 22. I know we've got to wrap this up. Stay away from every kind of evil. So the last thing, number seven, the seventh thing for a characteristic of a believer is abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from every form of evil. You know, we were just talking last night about a certain ministry that they opened up the door to some worldly things, and they said, you know, this isn't as bad as we had previous churches and ministries had previously said. Well, uh, and so people went along with it. Uh, but unfortunately today, this ministry is in the fight for their existence and, and life because they've opened the door to something that has the seed of evil to it. And uh, so we just, instead of throwing stones, we just pray for them. That's our brothers and sisters. How I many you know we miss it? I mean, we can miss it. We can say something and it's not quite right, but we need to get, be gracious people in God's family and not Absolutely. throw down other ministries uh, even Globally. if they are wrong, uh, according to Scripture, but just pray for them. God, help them and get them through the difficulties they're going through. But nonetheless, the attitude of the believer in the last days is to abstain from evil. The King James says abstain from the appearance of evil. So if it doesn't quite look good or right or holy or honorable before God, man, back away. And that might be hard for some of us to do because we've been doing things and been part of stuff that, you know, really isn't godly. Let's, let's live on the, the side that we're ready for the Lord when he comes. There's nothing that we need to be guilty or ashamed of, and we're, we're just pushing that stuff away because we got a date that he is coming back. I mean, we don't have the date. I don't know the day, but we, you know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a celebration that this thing's headed towards. You know, uh, history has a way of repeating itself. And as I've, you and I have both studied even church history, I have seen waves like this in church history. And I've seen where people get, you know, okay, we got to abstain, abstain, and a lot of rules. And then all of a sudden the next generation goes, well, that's really legalistic. So they go, I should have, this is the legalistic. And then the next generation goes, well, that was so legalistic. And then we go, 
this way, and pretty soon, then this generation goes, oh my goodness, we're so far off the wheel, we got to get a few standards back, and then we go, it's going like this. And throughout, I'm talking centuries, this has gone on. This isn't just a, over the last, you know, few decades. This is gone on for centuries. In fact, if you study the Old Testament and the kings, it is amazing. This king served God, served God. All of a sudden, this king didn't. And then you got a ton that didn't. All of a sudden, somebody got enlightened to, oh, we need a few standards from the word of God. And all of a sudden, boop, you see the tide change. And you see it drop off. Are, are you following me? And something that I have noticed in the current generation is, in my, my generation said, um, the last generation was too legalistic. You know, come on. Lighten up, lighten up. I'm seeing the next generation has really lightened up. But you know what's about ready to happen if the Lord doesn't come real soon? All of a sudden, the light bulb's going to go on, and then we're going to go back to legalistic again. Why? Because we're doing this. No, nobody's realizing, let's just take the Word of God for what it is, obey the Word, and let it work for you. Amen? It's not that hard. It's really not. And as we were studying this... Um, you know, last night we had this discussion because, you know, when, when one body of Christ falls, we all hurt, right? That's, that's our brothers and sisters. And we were studying some current events in the last year, and honestly, we were just kind of devastated. We hurt. It hurt our heart of what we were reading. And um, I looked at my husband, and I said, I, I bet I can pinpoint when some of that entered in because we knew this certain ministry about two years ago, had got from the pulpit said, well, we've decided this and this is now okay. And when that entered in, all of a sudden you allowed a pinky toy, pinky toe of the enemy to get in, and pretty soon it just snowballed. I'm telling you, don't let the enemy have even a little bit, not even a little bit. Let's have the characteristics of a believer that's ready for the groom. You know, I'm not big on all the rules and stuff. Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm that guy that's not a rule follower. But Jesus gave us two rules, and I need it simple. I can't, I can't do complicated. I just need it simple. So here's the two simple things we need to live by. Love God with everything that's within you, body, soul, and spirit. Your spirit, love God. Feed your spirit, man, the Word of God. Pray, worship. Renew your mind. Dedicate your body to the Lord Jesus Christ. It belongs to Him. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you can do this, the Bible says, you're fulfilling all of the law and the prophets. And I like that. I can, do, I can handle that because it's simple, and I need simple. Last one, we're going to go over just a few minutes. Can you hang with the last one? I think this is real important. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, it says, now, may the God of peace, aren't you glad we serve a God of peace and not yes, chaos? Yes. Make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit, here's, our, here's who you really are. You are a spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. And so you are a spirit. You have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. 
And one day these bodies are going to go away. And you're still going to be a, a remain. You're a spirit. So here's the deal. If our spirit is weak, then our mind will go to places it shouldn't go. And our body's uh, lust will overtake us. But when your spirit is strong in God, and that's why we got to be in prayer and worship and, and be in church, especially as you see the day approaching, the book of Hebrews says. Get your spirit strong. Be strong on the inside. Greater is he who's in you. Oh, build your spirit, man. The Hulk rises up inside you. And then your spirit will tell your mind what to think on and what not to think on. And then when your body's got lusts and temptations, your spirit go, uh-uh, no, pull that chain, keep you holy and right where you're supposed to, to live. So that's why we're a three-part being. So when you got a, a born-again spirit that is strong in God and a mind that's renewed and your body wants to do stupid things, that's two against one. Your body doesn't got a chance. But if we're weak in spirit, our mind will go places, and your body will go, oh, yeah, that sounds good, because your body's stupid. Would you stand with us? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in this place. Thank you for speaking to all of us here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, and we just thank you that you've given us Jesus Christ, who is excited to receive us, who died on the cross, shed his blood, gave his body up to be crucified, that you could receive people that would just call upon your name. Lord, you have a, you have a, a time that is shortly ahead of us when you will gather us together and there will be a celebration. But Lord, we got to qualify, and the qualifying is receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior, as our, our Master, as the one we yield to, that we realize, I am not the Savior of me. I need Jesus Christ who saves me. And if you're watching online or in this room, God loves you so much. God wants you as his son and his daughter so passionately. He's given us room to repent and to receive him and to call upon his name. And if you're in this place, I'm going to count to three, and on three I want you to raise your hand, and Pastor Starling is going to lead us in a prayer. And that is the beginning of your, your, your family in Christ, and it's the beginning of your eternity with God and the party that's going to last all eternity. You don't want to miss it. It's coming. It's coming. You just got to look on the news and just realize, okay, this thing's coming. So I'm going to begin to count to three. And today's your day of salvation. Today's the day God has appointed for you to be his son and his daughter that he loves so much and wants to bless. Pastor Terry said he has come to, to bless you and increase you and overwhelming. No matter what's going on in the world, God's got you. One devil's a liar. This world's stupid. Two, God loves you passionately, and this is your day. Three, respond. Raise your hand. Put your hand up wherever you're at watching. In this place, receive Jesus Christ. Never agree. Amen. Oh, Praise thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. You, thank Amen. you, Lord. Those who uh, have responded, I want us as a church to pray with them. Those listening to my voice are watching right now. Would you pray this prayer? God is 
God wants to meet you right there where you are today. Today is your day. So church, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus. That forgives me. That forgives me. Where I have fallen short. Where I have fallen short. Of your best. Of your best. And I ask today. I ask today. That you would be. That you would be. Not only Savior. Not only Savior. But Lord of my life. But Lord of my life. Completely in charge. Completely in charge. I surrender it all. I surrender it all. To you. To you. And I thank you. And I thank you. I am new. I am new. In you. In you. Old's passed away. Old has passed away. All has become new. All has become new. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Believers watching or listening or in this room, I have seven questions for you. Do you rejoice? Do you pray? Do you give thanks? Do you love the Holy Spirit? Do you accept biblical prophecies? Do you test prophecies? Do you abstain from evil? And if not, what is holding you back? Today is the day. 